and welcome back to Glitter Budget with your hosts, Anjanette and Jess. And in today's episode, we're discussing the movie Girl Interrupted. And this is the second movie in our suicide mental health awareness. Recovery awareness. Recovery awareness kind of series um, because September is bringing awareness about all those things. Yes. So that's kind of like September's thing. So um, Jess, take it away. <laughs> uh, the movie was directed by James um, Mangold. Mangold. It was based off a book that Susanna Kaysen, who's obviously the main character in the film, um, she had written a book on her own experience, um, 18-month experience being in a psychiatric hospital in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess one owner writer had read her book, um, obtained the rights to it, basically the rights to be able to to make a film of it. Uh, It took seven years for her to convince someone to want to do it. um, And then she, she... actually specifically picked James Mangold to direct it. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty interesting of her like being actually pretty passionate about wanting to portray that story. And I guess she was, you know, she had said to like the way that the movie was done, her experiences, the way that she had written her story, she had really wished that she had watched a movie like that when she was a teen. Yeah. So, uh, but before we get into the deets of that and like our own experiences and such, Events that happened in 99. Yes. I feel like we've gone over these events before. If we have. I don't I don't think these, spe- wow, specific events. No. But. Um, I don't know. We have gone, we did do a movie that was in 1999 before, because I remember I was talking about Y2K. Yes. Yeah, I, don't, I have the memory of a goldfish. And. So I don't know. Mine. Um, do you know where you are right now? No, okay. Who are you? Yeah, <laughs> we are. We're both really, really bad. We, I, um, it's just early onset dementia. It's, it's fine. Wow. Um, for both of us, I'm not saying just you. It's just me too. Clinton, Bill, Clinton. Uh, was acquitted. So his impeachment trials and all that other fun jazz. That basically, I feel like the, it's the only thing that he's remembered for as a president, despite the fact of doing a bunch of other shit. It's the only thing he's remembered for is just smoking pot and getting his dick sucked. But he was. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So crass. <laughs> you tell it like it is, and that's why I like you. <laughs> I could have put it in other ways, but I don't know. Whatever. He was acquitted of those things. Economy of phrasing. It's that's. It's yeah. <laughs> what you're known for. Um, Bill Gates officially became the richest man in the world. Not anymore, Bill. Nope. Bezos beat you out. So what I'm saying is we eat the rich and disperse their wealth. I'm fine with that. Because we take all of their billions, billions, billions of dollars and we disperse. That would solve a lot of things. Probably. It would solve world, world hunger. Yeah. Um, it would s- solve poverty. It is just a lot of things. Theoretically. I'm just saying like billions... That's a that's a number that we cannot fully I, no, grasp. I can't fathom having that kind of money. Like millions is one thing. Billions? Like I can't imagine <laughs> I can't imagine one never having to worry about finances period like for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like every time you go to purchase something not even like batting an eye at it cuz you don't have to worry about it. But at, at, like at that point you're just hoarding money. You're hoarding I mean, it. I have to say despite of all the conspiracy theorists out there that you know Bill Gates wants to like put tracking devices in us and all this other stupid shit at least bill gates is like doing stuff with his fortune i think 
they could do more. Probably. Um, because they could they could donate billions of their money and still have billions left. Yeah. We could get into this topic. Sorry, well, that's while. that's like, that's yeah, another gonna... thing for another day. Sorry, I'm just um No, you're right though, but I could see like starting to get angry. Yeah. It, starting to get cranky pants about it. Just 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 a little bit. But uh the um the last event that happened in nineteen ninety nine is um very serious event, but it was huge and impacted our country in a huge way. But it wasn't the first and it was definitely not the last no. of what happened, but it was the school shooting, the Columbine school school shooting. Yeah. Um, so, I, rem- I remember being at home when that happened. I, was, I think at that time I was homeschooled. And then that happened and my mom was like, <laughs> this is why. Um, but yeah, that was like, I mean, aside for 9-11 for my age, I mean, that was probably one of those things of like starting to have like an impact and really not understanding why yeah and the fact that uh, it's school shootings have not ceased they've not ceased and like they've become such the norm again that like i know we talked about this before but i've almost it's awful to say i've almost become like desensitized to it unfortunately yeah until we got it's not it's not a rare event anymore no um which that's that's a problem in and of itself but then i think the next school type shooting that really affected everyone was Sandy Hook. Yeah. Well, but that so was young. Yeah, that was an elementary school, not a high school. And um they I think the the back to Columbine, I think the mother um mothers there is a a, a book that one of them wrote about being the mother of one of the Columbine school shooters. Yeah. And uh I have n- I've heard that it's kind of like haunting. <laughs> I can imagine. Like I just Yeah, it was just, like it was it, I think the first big like it kind of woke a lot of people up, I think not only because of the uh like the devastation, like they they killed a lot of people, injured a lot of people, uh ended up killing themselves, right? I can't remember if they ended up killing themselves or they were taken out by the police i think they killed themselves yeah i, I want to think i'm pretty sure they killed themselves but i and i feel like too i feel like at this point again because like it's not a rare event i think just about everybody either has experienced something like that or has been close to people who have experienced a similar type of situation so like my yeah. i did one year of junior high like actually in school the other two i was homeschooled mm-hmm. um so i was very at a very small school in, in redline pennsylvania and my first year in high school, um, you know, I went up to tech, but I still knew a couple people down at the junior high or whatever. And, you know, I was I was in and out of the principal's office a lot and the guidance counselor's office a lot. So I still, like, talked to some of those people. And, um, unfortunately, our principal at that time, he was shot and killed by a student. Oh, Jesus. Um, my sister's elementary school. And I remember this, too. I remember hearing about it. Um during lunch, one of our teachers had, like, the local news on. It was breaking news, and my it was at my sister's school, so I, like, had a complete meltdown, um, but one of the parents came in with a machete and attacked a couple of the staff trying to get in because he had, like, wasn't able to see his kids. It was, like, the domestic thing, so the kids oh, were, like, taken shit. away kind of thing, and, yeah, so he came in. Um, luckily, like, my sister didn't see anything. Like, I think she was in the cafeteria at the time. They, they locked it down pretty quick, 
Um, and just, I think, three or four female staff, including the principal, like, basically subdued them on their own. Good. I think Jesus. a couple, like, one, somebody lost a finger. Like, there were some injuries, but luckily yeah. no deaths or anything like that. But It's just, and it's crazy that the things that we've developed in order to try to, like, survive a school shooting other than gun control like oh, just, again just mental health awareness or like that, that warning, too. There are so many warning signs with all of those situations mm -hmm. um and it's just like we we've gotten a lot better with discussing mental health and just being open about it and accepting it as mm -hmm. you know you're going to go get help just as if you would if you had an infection or the flu or whatever like it should be a normal thing that you can go get treatment for without being stigmatized or yeah. people second guessing like you're just overall well-being and functioning but and i'm a huge constant harper about this and i actually posted something about this th uh, earlier this week is the amount like the lack of respect that mental health and recovery specialists get the lack of funding mm -hmm. like it it's a fucking problem and it, it just really pisses me off to no end to no end because like we don't have it depend and again it all depends on your just like with anything in like healthcare, your socioeconomic status but a lot of people who need mental health treatment and especially addiction treatment, you're on Medicaid. Mm -hmm. And in over 30 years, we have gotten like a $20 increase in reimbursement rates. <laughs> like that's not helping with inflation and they're required to do more and more schooling to be able to get your degrees to be able to help, which is yeah. fine. But, you know, I, there's so many people that I know that are licensed clinical social workers who are in debt that's over $100,000 to get paid. Christ significantly lesser than their counterparts in other medical fields that are probably spending about the same about the same amount for their degrees oh yeah just like any any specialist um dealing in like medical issues like podiatry or whatever like all those kind of like they're they're making bank yep because that has to do with like the body and not the mind yeah. so i don't know this shit just like it it just pisses me off. Like the article that I was reading that I posted earlier this week is um, locally in Pennsylvania. There have been several rehab facilities who have had to close um, because, you know, they've had to like decrease their admissions rate for COVID to, you know, try to like spread everything out. Mm -hmm. um, they did not get priority by any means for appropriate PPE. So like they were begging people to like, I need money or I need funds or like, I need this appropriate PPE. And they were the last ones to receive the, the materials that they needed to provide care for their staff. And they're like, you know, as far as like hazard pay and stuff like that, like some were um, received the grant that recently came out for that, but they were like, you know, I can't necessarily afford to pay the staff what they need for hazard pay as well. So like facilities are starting to close down now, like smaller ones because, you know, it, it sucks. And again, like for Medicaid, I mean, you're lucky to get $100 a day for a bed and that's increased by maybe like $20 where, you know, commercial plans pay like a, a good, bit more but again like the population that you're treating not to say that people you know of affluence or whatever struggle with the same things they do but mm -hmm. quite frankly especially in pennsylvania like your population is going to be on medicaid a good chunk of it yeah but also depending on your like you said your aff affluence and everything like that like you that's why you notice like a significant amount of homeless people having mental health issues because when you are treated every day like day day in and day out like you are trash that will affect you yeah and the fact that you cannot get access to a lot of things because you do not have a home impacts that even more. Yeah. And I, I would just say, like, fast access to, like, quick access for mental health treatment. 
um, drug and alcohol treatment pr- is pretty quick, fairly. Mm-hmm. But like to see a psychiatrist and stuff, I mean, you're you could be waiting for a month to three months. You know, like I just sent somebody up for an intake appointment with somebody local. Um, that again, like steps Medicaid, Medicare, and October is their intake appointment to see the psychiatrist. Then you know, counseling you know, a hell of a lot faster. So they'll start counseling in the meantime, right. which is fine. But like you know, somebody who's transitioning from a different state and needs to establish care for psych meds, yeah. that's a, that's a problem. And you know. at the time of f- filming this, by the way, this is still August, so it's a it's a long time to wait. Yeah. So, but when this airs, it'll be September. Right. But yeah, so it's about a month and a half. Um, which I hate to say it isn't that bad. Some which of the other waits that I've experienced for for my clients. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a huge issue. But to piggyback off of what you were saying in regards to homelessness, um, that was something like historically, obviously, people who needed to have mental health treatment, um, be hospitalized, were treated like garbage. Like the, a lot of the institutions and stuff were absolutely abysmal treatment. Um, so in Kennedy's era, there was a lot of um, reform where people weren't expected to stay in psychiatric hospitals for long periods of times, 10 years, a lifetime, whatever. Yeah. So there was like, I want to say there was over 500,000 people um, at that time of this trying to be overhauled that were in institutions and had been for well over a year. Yeah. Um, so a lot of them were released, but unfortunately, the aftercare plan wasn't real great as far as outpatient treatment goes. I can only imagine. So that's where, and you know, too, I mean, you got to think about it. Like a lot of these families hadn't seen their family members in how many years and kind of just like, this is where you go and this this is where you're going to be taken care of. Um, and that's where like that we had this huge insurge of um, homeless population is when all these people were, were released and given very poor, if any, home plans set up after discharge. Yeah, I can like, just knowing how difficult it can be now, just fast forwarding, I don't even want to do the math because I'm not willing to admit that it's 2020. <laughs> um, back to the 60s, like that's it's ridiculous. Yeah. And you know, Is that and 80 years ago. What in the 60s? Apparently, 60. Depending on when at in the 60s. Oh, I know where I went wrong. I was doing 60 plus 20. Uh, no, I and like, I was like, "That doesn't sound right," my, because my, my parents are not that yeah, old. Yeah, like, <laughs> like my mom's <laughs> not even sixty yet. I, as well as fuzzy memories, math is not my strong oh, you've, suit. You've seen me try to math. Oddly enough, I had straight A's in math in high school. If you don't use it, you lose it. That is true, and all those teachers that are like, you're never, you're not gonna have a calculator with you for the rest of your life. <laughs> well, boom, fucker, we do. <laughs> but that's why I should not have like. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm dumb. It's okay. <laughs> no, but um, it was I, like I said, the the movie Girl Interrupted portrays those Susanna's experience where. I'm like, doing no. the head mouth now. Yeah, yeah I'm all doing right. it now. <laughs> I didn't. The hamster was, was waking back there. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, her experience is she in d- is in denial about her suicide attempt, but she does attempt suicide. Yeah, they they say quite a lot. Like you chased a bottle of aspirin with a bottle of vodka, and she's like, "I had a headache." And I think eventually, and she c- continues to say at one point, like, you know, I'm not suicidal. Like I just wanted shit to stop. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's just a way of expressing, like, I don't know how to handle my depression. I don't know how to handle my symptoms. I just 
want relief. So it's it's kind of one of those things like I didn't necessarily want to die. I just needed I just needed quiet. Yeah. Um. And I think, but I think you know, it's still like you you engage in an activity that caused almost your death. <laughs> yeah. So, but she, you know, goes to see a family psychiatrist after they pump her stomach and stuff. And uh, you know, the, the psychiatrist was retired and wasn't. It was all Red that Foreman great. from that yeah. '70s show. <laughs> Don't worry, he didn't. He didn't threaten to put a boot up her ass. <laughs> but he says he's like, you know, I I think instead of treating her on an outpatient basis, and she was very like experiencing um dissociation and disconnect for sure. He was just like, you need a rest. You need somewhere where you could just have a rest, which I guess is a very common term used back then to just you're we're just gonna put you in a hospital because we don't really want to deal with it. Yeah, you're gonna and you're rest. gonna rest. So and she was under the impression that she would be there for like maybe two weeks, which turned into eighteen months. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately though too, like they didn't when she was signing herself in, they didn't explain what that means. Like it was voluntary. Like she did not have to go. And she's like, well, my parents put me in here, and they're like, you're eighteen, mm-hmm. you didn't have to go yeah like you actually but they were pretty much coercing her to sign the intake papers and in a part of those papers is that you sign away like you can't just leave either yeah like we have to discharge you we you can't just like even though you signed yourself in you can't sign yourself out no because uh, that was the waiver that she signed she's like hey i'm turning myself over to your care you take the ball now yep so it's a, it's a determination um, when they feel like you're you're able to go, mm-hmm. so and, and it ended up, I guess, it turning into 18 months of just random medications. And she, you know, she would always ask, like, they would never. It was never discussed. Like her plan of care, her diagnosis was never discussed. Um, the medications that she was put on was never really discussed. So she would ask the nurses of like, what is what is this? And the one nurse is like, are we gonna have a problem? Yeah, like just take your medication, and just a lot of laxatives. Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird. I guess with, I know with painkillers anyway. Yeah. You you have to take laxatives, um, but I don't know if it's the same thing with antipsychotics. I don't know, if especially the meds back then. I have no clue. They know that they had Valium because I, they kept on. That was kind of like they had like a bartering system. Well, what a lot of they they dealt with, they dealt with a lot of different issues in this ward because um, there were. There were girls that had eating disorders. There were um, sociopaths like Angelina Jolie's character, who like she consi- like she was a lifer. Yeah, she was there for like eight years. Yeah, and then they had they had all sorts. They had a a girl who, not entirely sure how she got the burns to her face because Georgina, the pathological liar, yeah. said what had happened to her face. So I'm not entirely sure, but she was in there probably because of that. Well, because of that, and then I think, like, there was a couple of girls, I think her included, that just kind of was stuck in this childhood, like, like state. Like yeah. They didn't really want to, they didn't want to really grow up. Yeah. And there was a couple of girls in there that were um, probably on the, the autism spectrum ID. Yeah. So it was definitely, like, yeah, like a wide range of, and then Brittany Murphy's character, who also had, like, the eating disorder in addition to what turned out to most likely be severe sexual abuse by her father oh god yeah and she was that was fucked up that was really fucked up yeah. angelina jolie's character in general is horribly fucked up oh yeah they were like uh, just just i don't know the way she was going at Brittany murphy's character and Which... then the way she ended up killing herself yeah 
was really, really bad. Um, that was like she was making sure that it was a done deal. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I think, like I said, I think the movie portrays like the treatment that they were getting or lack thereof in certain cases, the different types of people that you encounter. Um, and then Suzanne is just pers- perspective of it, of herself, you know, of mm-hmm. what she was going through, of maybe realizing that, you know, like I could go get help and I could talk about this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's several people that, in- including Whoopi Goldberg's character, were like, you don't need to be here. Yeah. It was like, kind of like. You don't need to be here. Yeah, because she was, um, Susanna's character was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, which they kind of joke about saying that, like, well, everyone has it because of the way that they would um, deal with daily stressors and stuff like yeah. that. And they, most people with um, BPD, they, like, they are very promiscuous with sex or something like that. Like, they take casual sex as, like, that's just one thing that they like doing. Yeah. Um, but Angelina Jolie's character is like, yeah, everyone's. Yeah. That's everyone. Not the case because there's, like, especially um, mental health professionals now, like, they know the difference between adolescents and those with true bipolar disorder. Borderline. Borderline personality. Sorry. Did I keep saying bipolar? Just that once. Not bipolar. Sorry. Borderline. Borderline. But it is still BPD, right? Yeah. Borderline personality disorder. Right. Yeah. And it's just BD for bi- bipolar disorder. I. It's okay. You got it. I has the dumb. You got it? I got it eventually. <laughs> oh, but I don't like I said, I thought the movie was done very well. I actually saw this movie in theaters. Um, so I was 13 at the time. And I don't know. I don't really... Ver- I mean, I definitely felt certain ways about it. You know, it was definitely kind of like an eye-opener a little bit. Didn't really do much for me in the long run, but... <laughs> oh, I watched it for the first time last night. Yeah. And I really liked it. I think if they were to make a movie like that now, they would definitely put warnings beforehand, saying like trigger warnings. Yeah. Um, because they they talk about a lot of different issues and stuff like that. Or like, like they just, would put... Just the whole scene with Brittany Murphy and Angelina Jolie was oh like... Oh, God, that was... F- I don't, and up. I don't remember that having an impact on me at 13 and then watching it. I mean, I've watched it a couple times since then. And then especially last night, I was like, holy shit. Like, I, that was brutal. Just brutal. Yeah. And you're like, wow. Also, Brittany Murphy, I miss you. Yeah. Um, she passed away young. I don't remember what year, honestly. Oh, I don't know. But it was, um, I think it was from pneumonia and anemia. Yeah. That was uh, unfortunate. Yeah. Also, very depressed about Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. We're going to have um, linked in the description box the National Suicide Hotline. If um, any of these movies that we're talking about, um, like, if you, if anything strikes a chord with you in any way, you feel like you need to talk to someone, we're going to have... Um, resources linked in the description box for anyone if you need it Um, because it's definitely better to like reach out than to let it sit and fester and everything it's just sometimes just talking to someone helps absolutely and they have they have resources where you can just like text people if you don't feel comfortable um, like 
calling someone on the phone because I know there's a lot of us, myself included, I don't like talking to people on the phone. Um, but they, there's a way that you can just kind of like just text people and just get some of the shit out. Yeah. Or links. I mean, you know, uh, one, just to get stuff out in that moment and then also like to be connected with local resources to follow up with that, mm-hmm. you know, so... But you will know, we'll absolutely have that. And, you know, I mean, I think absolutely, like, if you guys haven't seen the movie, check it out. Like I said, I think it speaks volumes to what mental health treatment was like in the past. Um, you know, again, somebody just going through trying to get help, a cry for help, not realizing, like, how to do it. And then yeah. ending up being in a hospital for 18 months somehow. Yeah. But it ended up being a good thing in the end. Yeah. She just had to go through a lot of different shit, which I think... Any kind of therapy you do, like, you're going to dredge up shit, but it's, you have to dredge it up to, like, you got to feel it yeah, in order to move on, and I think that was the case with she Susanna. Yeah, she definitely got that. I mean, I think her experience of, you know, in de- again, in denial of how, like, severe her mental health was, mm-hmm. looking at everybody else that she was, like, in the hospital with, and then, you know, she she escaped with Lisa at one point thinking that again that she didn't really need to be there but she wasn't actually like again addressing any of her issues while she was there either no so it was just a continued like escapism essentially and you know kind of already having like this inferior complex based on the way she was raised because you know you're just supposed to be like dolled up mom that's you know at home having dinner parties and stuff mm-hmm. you know and everyone's questions are like well, why aren't you going to college well you want to be a writer well what, what's your actual plans like what is that yeah, like what are you mean? going to do which i think that's like that is a lot of pressure especially for like a high school student yeah. well not only is that a lot of pressure but she's telling you what she's doing and that's not an acceptable answer is what yeah was, the response that she was getting yeah you know, which, uh, and again, for back then in the 60s, it was like, you basically went to college to be a better wife. You wasn't yeah. expected that you were actually going to do anything with your degree. And they kind of assumed that if you weren't going to do something like that, that you were some kind of liberal, hippy-dippy kind of person that was going to march on Washington. Um, a communist. Y- yeah. <laughs> Pinko commie fucks. <laughs> No, it was um it actually the role that Angelina Jolie had played who many, many people auditioned for. I think Rose McGowan was one. Yeah. Courtney Love. Courtney Love is. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, th- those are the two main two main actresses that I remember was Rose McGowan, Courtney Love. Uh, but it, it landed her an Oscar win for supporting Best Supporting Actress. Best Supporting Actress. But that was the only Oscar nomination for that movie. Which blows my mind. Yeah, like no, and that's that. No other nods, no other nothing, just for whatever reason. Angelina Jolie, um, getting that one, but you know, it was deserved. She oh did, yeah, she did a really good job, and um, I would not want to come across that person. I was to say, I mean, you definitely grow to just hate her character. Yeah, she had a like she was diagnosed as a sociopath, right? That she didn't. Yeah, she was diagnosed as it, but I, I would argue that diagnosis. But I'd think so too. Yeah, like she did, she did feel things. Yeah, she was just kind of depraved. Oh yeah, she um enjoyed being that very dominant figure, um, being in control of everything. And when the tables were turned, it was kind of like that fucked her up. Yeah, 
But she even says at the end, though, because, I mean, she was known for, again, pushing people's buttons and not really being, not really caring about it. Because um, she does it with Brittany Murphy, and then she presumably does it with when she gets back, brought back in from that one run. There was that one girl who was over at the... She was the one that I think was on the spectrum. Yeah. So she goes over to what we would call now the quiet room. Um, yeah, it's an I- isolation room. I think it's like padded walls and everything yeah. like that. Where she was to, I mean, any time that she ran off and was brought back in was automatically yeah, basically she, doped up because she was like too aggressive and violent, put back in that room. But you see like the one girl go over there and st- apparently like probably talking to Lisa and later that night she is taken out of her room in like a violent fit. and Yeah, she's in a straitjacket yeah. and everything like that. So God only knows like what. And the door to the isolation room was open. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was, um, I don't know, it was, like I said, it was just a really, it was a really strong performance, and it was really, it was really intense, so I, I could understand how she mm-hmm. took home the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress at that time. Yeah, she took it very seriously, too, like, to the point where she, like, wouldn't, she didn't want to really hang out or meet with Winona Ryder. She had no communication during filming, yeah. hardly, or leading up to it. So that um, her performance could be authentic. She didn't want, like, a personal relationship to color her being a sociopath, essentially. Yeah. But no, I, was, I don't like I said, check it out. It was really good. Um, again, like we've come so far from treatment like that, but we also still need to go much farther. Yeah, we're we're better, but we're not good. Yeah. Like I feel like there are other countries that are like it's better to be mentally ill somewhere else. Well, I said, I mean, we've definitely come a long way. It's just, um, I think at this point, not a lot of people, especially psychiatrists, are going into the field. So I just, again, depending on, like, what state you're in and what city you're in, um, I think it's just lack of access. Like, I think treatment, as far as treatment models, medication, stuff like that have gotten a lot better. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, like, unless it's truly needed and truly that severe, you know, your average hospital stay at this point is typically about 10 days to two weeks. At the med- dep- Again, depending on what's going on. Um yeah. You know, so. And you're not just left to your own devices most of the time. Yeah. They l- they let them roam oh far, like, f- alone. Just, like, they all went into, like, underground tunnels. Which is, like, the way that it was set up. Like, the whole thing. I mean, one. So, like, just me, one, being in the field and also being on the other end and experiencing being in a hospital setting like that. None of those things would have happened. Like, yeah. you wouldn't have had <laughs> hardly any of the stuff that they had in their bedrooms. Like, wouldn't have been in there. Maybe books. Yeah. That was about it. I think I was allowed to have some drawing material, but I think I had to keep it, like, in the nurse's station when I wasn't using it. Yeah. Just all that kind of stuff was just not allowed. Like, obviously, back then, they didn't have, like, key fobs and stuff, so it was, had to be lock and key. But, like, you know, the one nurse that was always falling asleep, like, behind the nurse's station at night. And she was, like, the only staff yeah. member. Like, that doesn't fucking happen. Or, like, they would have... They knew when they would go out for smoke breaks. Yeah. Because they were they were regular smoke breaks. And they had a male orderly in the female ward. Never happened. No, actually, I lied. It does. There's typically a mix. But not orderlies. Like, not... So, your orderlies now would probably be, like, your mental health techs. Yeah. So, it's a little bit different, but... To the extent, though, of, like, leaving them alone at night with, like, a male orderly. Oh, yeah. And then, oof. That was, that was also fucked. I was like, dude. Yeah. Don't 
prey on the no stop it i guess like i don't know when i was looking at like his particular character that actually didn't bother me too much because he wasn't inappropriate with her and i think he was looking at her of like seeing through what she was you know what i mean like seeing mm-hmm. her as a whole person and like well, what yeah, her potential like it, was i think he also realized that she didn't actually need to be there either yeah Still a little inappropriate. I was inter- it wasn't professional. It was a little inappropriate, but I didn't get the, like that creepy. Not creepy. I wasn't. Vi- I wasn't trying to say it. creepy. It was just like, dude, you're crossing lines uh, yeah. that you can't uncross. It's not good, bro. <laughs> um, Jared Leto though, mm. that hair is ridiculous. He's so nice. I did not realize just how many big name people were in this movie. Oh yeah. Um, Jeffrey Tambor, who is much heavier in this movie than I've seen him recently, yes. but um, he was in this movie, Vanessa Redgrave, uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Jared Leto, Winona Ryder, uh, Angelina Jolie, Cleo Duvall. Yeah. She was, uh, she's been in quite a lot of things, but what I recognize her from is an episode of Buffy, and she looked exactly the same, because I think they're around the same time. Yeah. Late 90s. Um and Elizabeth Moss, who is in The Handmaid's Tale, yep. uh, along with Cleo Duvall. Um, and for a hot second, for like maybe two minutes, there's a very young Misha, Misha Collins. Collins. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. He's so adorable. He is. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of people in this movie, and then you just... I don't know how... With some of them, how big they were then, but then you just, you know, fast forward about 20 years and look at them now. Yeah. And it's just, it's kind of cool it is. to see them all then. Um, but yeah, so uh, we're going to continue our series. The next movie that we're going to do is... Uh, Requiem for a Dream. Let's continue with the Jared Leto theme. Oh, uh, yeah. That one's fucked up, too. Yeah, it is. Okay. But... Um, <sighs> Yeah, we're going to have all the resources linked in the description box down below, as well as all of our social media platform things. Um, And if you like our vibe, please like and subscribe. And we'll see you in our next episode. Okay. Bye-bye.